You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Agents of Cobra. No, I wasn't going to go for the high-pitched one because I just can't manage that. Uh, it is great to be here. This is it. This is the end. This is the final Needless Things Dragon Con related post or podcast until next year's Dragon Con 2014, which I've got my room booked for already. I am making plans for panels already. Uh, I'm talking to Joe Crow and Gary Mitchell, the dynamic duo of the Dragon Con American Sci-Fi Classics track, about what we're going to be doing, about what I'm going to be doing, and I'm already excited for something that's happening in a year. Uh, but before then, there's stuff going on here I want to talk about real quick. Uh, I say real quick because I am nearing the limit of my upload space on Podbean, uh, which is who hosts my podcast. Thanks to the money that I pay them to do it, uh, feel free to go to the Podbean page for Needless Things and donate a few dollars if you can, because this costs me money, folks. Uh, this does, buying toys does, hosting Needless Things does. It all costs money, and I'm not making a dime. Uh, also, you can download the Needless Things podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, well, you can listen to it on Stitcher. I, don't, I honestly don't know if you can download it or not. But uh, anyway, it's there. But I'm very excited because October is coming up. My 31 days of Halloween coverage on NeedlessThingsSite.com is coming up. Uh, where I do spooky stuff all month long. I've got some guest posts coming in. We have an all-new best cartoon ever of the month from Callan coming in. Uh, I've got all kinds of exciting stuff planned. But the main feature, the thing everybody looks for, is my commentary on the Sci-Fi Network schedule for the whole month. That's right, every single day of October... I will be posting Sci-Fi's schedule and making comments about what I think about what they're doing there at the old Sci-Fi Network, which I give a lot of grief, but I mean, it's my favorite channel on TV, uh, the period, no doubt. Uh, there, there's a lot of things I'd change about the network if I were in charge, but it's it's a big geeky place. Uh, yeah, you can complain about the wrestling, you can complain about the reality shows. Uh, certainly, I can complain about Ghost Hunters, because that's the dumbest show ever. But millions of people love Ghost Hunters, so clearly I'm in the wrong on that one. Anyway, we're not here to talk about sci-fi. We're here to talk about a real American hero, G.I. Joe. Uh, guys, this was the special panel. This was the one that uh, my childhood was G.I. Joe. Uh, I love doing, obviously I love doing the action figure panel. Obviously I love doing the Masters of the Universe panel. And having William Stout on that panel was just amazing and surreal but the G.I. Joe panel, one, G.I. Joe is, is in, in my top three, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Doctor Who, 
Uh, I mean, those those are my my big big three interests. GI Joe is the one that's kind of pervaded more of my life than than anything else has, uh, because it's been much more consistent uh, to a certain extent. But I, I just love Doc, uh, Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who. I love GI Joe. Uh, it's it's the thing that in my youth bonded me with my dad a little bit in some way and it's always going to be kind of special to me because of that uh and another reason that i was excited about this panel is i wasn't in charge uh technically i was just a panelist i was just along for the ride so it was a little relaxing after uh, you know after running two panels and it was the last one so it was just there was just a, this level of fun i had already done the action figure panel and it was awesome i'd already done the uh, earth station who panel and that was a great time and it was cool working with the brit track and packing that room out and then the masters of the universe panel obviously was very special uh but this one i've got to say this was the best this was the the big finish, the happy ending, whatever you want to call it. This panel was awesome. And if anybody that's listening to this podcast right now was there at the panel, I want to thank you so much for being energetic and enthusiastic. And you guys, the audience, were what really made this panel pop. Uh, it, it was just amazing having such a bunch of fun people uh, to talk to, with, and in front of. So anyway, everybody uh, grab a can of Yojo Cola, sit back, uh, turn on your transistor radio, and listen to the full G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero panel from Dragon Con, brought to you by the American Sci-Fi Classics track. Uh, on this panel, Gary Mitchell, me, uh, my buddy Noel Wood from MC4TR.com, and of course, award-winning Bobby Nash, the conscience of the ESO Network. Before we get started, uh, gentlemen in the kilt, if you could find a different leg position, I would really it. I, We already had a discussion about Krang, and I don't need to see it in person. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen. Time. Yeah, close enough. Is it go time? It is go time. If it's go time, can I get a hearty yo, Joe? Yo, very nice. Yes. <laughs> well done, sir. Dragon Con 2013! Woo! 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 Woo!
as I said, I'm Gary Mitchell. I uh, co-run the track. Uh, you can also find me at revolutionsf.com, where I co-host the Revcast podcast and host the Rev News podcast. Sitting to my right... I go by the name Phantom Troublemaker. I run NeedlessThingsSite.com where we talk about toys and movies and music and all kinds of nerd stuff that we as Dragon Con goers all love. Uh, I also host the Needless Things podcast and I'm co-host of Earth Station Who podcast for the ESO Network, which is all Doctor Who stuff, which we won't talk about here because that's a different track. He's got the best toy reviews online, people. Honestly, stop. I mean, they're, they're pretty. They're pretty darn good. Uh, I'm Noel Wood. Um, I um, used to host a, a run a website, and I've kind of lost track of that with real life. Um, this is also my first time ever doing anything on a panel, so I'm kind of a virgin. Oh. You have to be very, very gentle with me here today. Gentle. You're going to be raw. Watch out for the kilt. Let's give it up for kilt guy for being good. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Bobby Nash. I'm an author. I write novels, comic books. Um, I've been telling people all day, I'll write on a napkin if you pay me. Um, so, yeah, I found it was cheaper because as the convention gets, goes on, my intro gets shorter. <laughs> um, I also I co-host the Earth Station One podcast, which is part of the Earth Station Network uh, as well. I sometimes pop on to Earth Station Who. And so, that's me. And we're here to talk about Geminology. I mean, <laughs> My Little Pony. Oh, new My Little Pony's not bad. I'm not going there. <laughs> we're here to talk about G.I. Joe, a real American hero. And we do want to be uh, specific because this is uh, this is real American hero. We'll talk a little bit about the other stuff, but we're definitely going to focus on the 80s franchise that we all know and love. Um you know what? If we, if this was a My Little Pony panel, we'd probably have like ten times as many people in here. <laughs> Although this is pretty darn impressive, you know. Yeah, yeah I'd like to give it up for you guys too. Oh, yeah. how did you see him come in? <laughs> yeah. Don't sit him anywhere near. Him. Yeah, don't. You can't come up here. That's no, actually, you know what? No. Sneaking up on actually, you. Yeah, There's you. a seat up front. <laughs> come here. Come on down. <laughs> this is magic. I know that guy. This couldn't have worked out any better. Uh oh. All right, Snake Eyes, you got to drop the hood. Got to be a picture together. Yeah, yeah. Just, no, just sit. No, sit right in front of him. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I'm here now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you know, timber's not as important, but... <laughs> <laughs> get, t- get Timber in the picture, too. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> oh, what? Do you want in or not? I like and yeah, Timber's earring. <laughs> All right. Plus, I forgot. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's going all the way. I don't think I can top that. We're done. Thanks for coming out, guys. Good Thank panel. You don't forget to Sorry, Noel. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> That's more often. So, who uh, watched the uh, Mask of Ice when it first aired? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. 
Nice. Don't say that. That makes me feel old. <laughs> who, who not only watched The Mass Device when it first aired, but remembers seeing the commercials for it before it came on yeah. Yeah. and actually had physical reactions to the anticipation of seeing The Mass Device. Yeah. Or, or even, so we're talking old school fans. Even yeah. before that, seeing the commercials for the comic book. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, and yeah. The, that original commercial for the toy line with the, you know, the three and Snake Eyes in the Middle and the three and the little two and I just remember I don't care who these people are who's that in the middle <laughs> I want that guy which is funny because the you know originally Snake Eyes uh, w- was going to be uh, have the green pants mm-hmm. and they decided well we'll just make him all black because that's cheaper and yep. why not and that ended up being his defining characteristic I mean mm-hmm. a, a weird cost based production decision is what made Snake Eyes so big. Because I'll be honest, I don't think Green Pants Snake Eyes would have had quite the impact. But it's a costume for next year. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, honestly, once you've got the starts of the Snake Eyes costume, all you need is pants or grenade belts or, you know, there's plenty of stuff to go on. Storm Shadow, you're not as lucky because you have to put gray spots all over yours. I have to say, it's really tart clover between a classic and the, the winter outfit that I guess they're calling it now, Storm Shadow. Uh, I love the white outfit. No, it's yeah. classic, but yeah. I kind of I like that that hood thing. It was I liked it. I didn't like the markings. I like the shape. I like the, yeah, the aesthetic. I just did not like the, yeah. Uh, the, the difference in coloration was pretty cool, but yeah, I agree. The markings felt just a little, yeah. Well, they were basically they grails. Quite, yeah, Let's right. it, a little, yeah, <laughs> it didn't quite work, but uh, the style of that one I liked very much. Yeah. But anyway, um, so let's, let's start with the beginning. Let's start with the, those original guys. I mean. Well, not the original, but the, you know, the, the, the core Joe T. Well, the, how I came into G.I. Joe, my dad was in the military, and uh, from a very young age, I mean, I, you know, everybody plays with toys when they're a kid, uh, That's it's just a thing, but I, I was really addicted to, to toys. I started with Star Wars toys, like I think uh, probably most of us in here, uh, the classic Star Wars toys are what got us going, uh, but there was this weird thing where everybody loves Star Wars whether you were a nerd or not it was just cool because my, my parents are not nerds at all I don't know how this happened <laughs> um, but they uh, you know they embraced Star Wars and that was fine but as Star Wars started to wane uh, G.I. Joe came along and that was an easy sell for my dad because he's like I will buy you a tank <laughs> I will buy you a jeep with a gun on top of it <laughs> and then I will play with you with it yeah exactly I will play with it for yeah <laughs> no problem there at all I remember he was as excited about the Sky Striker as I was yeah. like and which is still one of the greatest toys of all time mm-hmm. but I the very first time I ever saw G.I. Joe figures uh, it was in a drug store is a Revco or an Eckerd or you know something like that I don't remember what exactly and they yeah they were on just a spinner rack uh, back by the prescription counter and it was just the uh, zap um, the grunt uh, breaker yeah and then uh, 
they were just the you know, green guys. It, it was really the figures weren't what got me. The packaging, which Timber actually has uh, yeah, on yeah. his shirt oh, right that there, that's the absolutely beautiful pack. Yeah. yeah, that is the best toy art that has ever been made. That explosion. Uh, with, now I like you guys. I'm going to take a little poll here in a minute. Um, I, I'll do it right now. Who prefers the original classic blast? The other option is the digitized. Classic. Okay, digitized fans. Uh, wow. I like the digitized one. I think that's cool. It was a nice style change. I dug it. <laughs> yeah, um, we got to choose, yeah. But that packaging, uh, really, it caught my eye, and I had to have them, and uh, well, I got... Well, that, it, and when you flipped it back, and you had that character box. Yeah, I was, I was about yeah, to say. File cards. You, you kept those. still have my yeah. box of them. Yeah, yeah, you kept those. Those were yeah, those were just like, as important as the figure. You know? Yeah, because like you said, they, they were all kind of green mm. guys when you flipped it over. Oh, this guy has a laser pistol. Right. Uh-huh. And that was all... Th- we'll go ahead and thank Larry Hama for that right now. Yes, that was indeed. all Larry Hama, who is... Yes. One of the greatest minds to ever work in toys, uh, without a doubt. Still writes G.I. Joe comic books. Still writes G.I. Joe, still has an enthusiasm for G.I. Joe because G.I. Joe's his baby. Uh, This was a day and age where Hasbro didn't have the full grasp of, of controlling a license. They really just went to Marvel and said, hey, we, we'd like a comic book, I guess. Can you do that? And uh, Jim Shooter said, you know, I, I, surely we can get somebody to work on this. And it ended up falling down to Larry Hama, who was happy to write the comic book because of his military background. He was happy to write the file cards. He gave us all of those characters. You know, toy designers gave us the look, but Larry Hama gave us the, the line. Larry Hama gave us G.I. Joe. He gave us the, those, he gave those personality, those characters life. Right. He gave yep. them a personality. Yeah, that without was those bios, that. without those characters, this toy line wouldn't exist yep. as far as I'm concerned because it was the characters I fell in love with. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's absolutely true. But uh, that, that started me. I, I picked up uh, Zap and Grunt and Breaker and the following Christmas... Uh, I got the vamp jeep and, and it, it just exploded from there because there was no problem at all. And I will say this though, uh, it got to a point with old dad where GI Joe started to get a little bit too silly. <laughs> and, uh, he, he's very much the guy that will sit back and watch a movie. And, uh, when, when something happens that's beyond his ability to suspend disbelief, he'll, he'll make that noise that, <laughs> and he'll leave. And uh, there was a point in the G.I. Joe line, it was actually, uh, it was when the space shuttle came out, which, you know, to me, the space shuttle totally made sense. Why wouldn't you do that? Look at the, look you at, have to fight Cobra in space. You can't give up space in Well, how are you going to get up to space to fight the fatal fluffies if you don't have a shuttle? <laughs> um, uh, right, which, right. It was the shuttle that threw him, not the fluffies. <laughs> right. Well, no, uh, let's see. Yeah, he knew nothing of the cartoon. If he, if he had ever watched an episode of the cartoon, and that, that would have that would have done it. Um, let me let me get one more question, and then I'm going to kick it over to Noel for a second to just do a little reminiscing. I know there are a lot of people who really hate Cobra Law. Are any of those people in here? Yep. 
That's a very interesting position to have, given how absurdly silly the G.I. Joe cartoon was <laughs> for years before Cobra Law ever happened. But we'll talk about that in a little bit here. I'm right kind now, of split on Cobra Law. There are yeah. parts of it I like, and there are parts of it I'm like, yeah. what the hell were you thinking? I'm okay. Uh oh. Uh, yeah. Is Ryan in here? Sneak peek. <laughs> um, oh, wow. That's awesome. Uh, he's going to watch from back there because he's sneak peek. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I, personally, I'm fine with H.P. Lovecraft stuff being involved with G.I. Joe. Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft should be into everything. Um, yeah, you know, but, it, uh, it wasn't I Cobra. I want H.P. Lovecraft My Little Pony. Yeah, it wasn't Cobra. Uh, you can Google that, yeah. but, I, would, but I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't Cobra Law I hated. It was Cobra La 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 La. And I am now on tape. Having done that, sneak <laughs> peek. Hold, hold up your. And there's a couple more back there. He I think two sitting. Yeah. yeah. Oh wait, I'm a dumb dumb and use my flash. What's wrong with me? I know about GI Joe, not cameras. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, um, nice. Noel, how did you uh, how did you come into GI Joe? Well, my uncle grew up in the '60s, and I inherited a lot of his toys. So that's actually how I got into Lego because I got all his old Lego toys from the '60s and his big 12-inch GI Joe figures. So I had um, I had the the the, the Gemini spacecraft and the little astronaut one, and oh, then wow. um, a couple of the other, like the Jungle Joes, and a couple of the other ones. And I liked those, but then when I saw there was something new, GI Joe coming out, and they were little figures, and I was like, okay, I have to have those. I have to have all of those. And being a kid who had an allowance that had a very limited amount, seeing going into a store and seeing these figures were at the time only like two fifty retail, and to me. I could buy two of those a week on my allowance and easily get by. So I was able to amass a pretty large amount. And then I had, um, you know, grandparents and other family members who would give me the, the, the vehicles and stuff for holidays and birthdays and Christmas and stuff. So I was, uh, I was able to amass a pretty large amount. But yeah, it was, that was a daily thing for me was playing G.I. Joe and knowing all the characters and, you know, having little stories that, you know, that when I played at home that were, Based on what I knew about those characters from their bios and the cartoons from the comics and all that, um, yeah, it was just hours and hours of it. And I'm still, of course, into it. I still I cosplay. I did um, the Cobra Trooper in the parade yesterday, and I've done Outback and Sergeant Slaughter and Scrap Iron in previous years' parades and stuff. Scrap Iron, badass. That was a that was a fun one to put together. Although I didn't get it quite the way I wanted it to. <laughs> that, but that's second crack at it. Though. Yeah, <laughs> Gary, how, how did you? Uh, I saw that original. I I had the the big ones, you know, because I'm old. <laughs> uh, you know, when I was five years old, I had the the, the, the big GI Joes, and then when the new line, I said I saw that commercial, and it's GI Joe, real American hero, coming soon, and the, these these pictures, I was like, well, that's cool, and they're soldiers, and they get a jeep, and they my second greatest Christmas present to this day, greatest being I got a, the Millennium Falcon. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, you gotta yeah, give it up to people. The second greatest is I got the original GI Joe Fort, which had that front and you had the spot yep. the tank, you yep. all the men. I I played with that thing until and the jail. Yeah, jails yeah. are the best. <laughs> I played with that thing until it was just gone. Um, and so I saw those original commercials, and then I saw the the uh, the cartoon. And I was in. I was. I 
I played with my toes far longer than I probably should have as a healthy adult. <laughs> oh, I, I actually uh, received some pretty stern mockery for some, from some cheerleaders because I, I never stopped collecting toys ever. I, you know, I, I know a lot of folks, uh, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm the cool toy guy because that doesn't even make sense. That's not. <laughs> But, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, when they're kids, they collect toys, and a few years later, when they start to get some disposable income or whatever, nostalgia beckons, you know, start getting into it again. I never stopped. I went straight from, you know, G.I. Joe to Ninja Turtles to everything. I got, I got severely mocked in, uh, I think it was probably middle school, for, for having G.I. Joe toys, talking about G.I. Joe comics. I, I learned about hiding my nerdery back then. <laughs> Thankfully, the world is changing, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not quite as, as bad as it used to to be, I, I hope. But that's for different reasons. Yeah. I have, I have Snake Eyes face. Uh, but um, having, having, however, seen your toy collection, I've been in toy stores that are that do not have as much inventory. You must be going into Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> no, but here, here, this is the first time I've ever confessed this out loud in front of a crowd. I'm talking high school, playing out in the backyard making forts and having them raid each other. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not talking like freshmen. Well, you had to <laughs> you had to wait until high school because when you're a little kid, you don't have the the physical skills to build the awesome sets and dioramas they had in the commercials. Right? That's true. Oh my gosh! Can I just have a playset of the giant mountain that you have these two weird little kids playing with their Mobat on? Yeah, that drove me Sears nuts. Diorama. Oh. oh yeah, Sears Wish Book. Let's have a moment of silence for the Sears Wish Book. <laughs> Um, award, award-winning Bobby Nash. What's uh, your story with GI Joe? It, it started with with the the first commercial I saw for the comic, where it starts. And oh, I, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember the script exactly, but it it kind of comes in the train, and we follow the train, and there's that voiceover narration. You're basically telling you what's going on, and you know, Cobra kidnaps the scientist, and who can save the day? And here comes GI Joe flying on, and the animation. And it was the same animation that they used in the cartoon eventually. The, the animation stopped onto the cover yeah. of the issue. And I was like... I still remember that cover with the tank. Yeah. And yes, find out in Marvel Comics. And the next time we were out at the store, uh, that was back when they did the three packs of comics in like the, mm. the stores. With the two good ones and, and the sucky one in the yep. middle. Yeah. I, I actually found, I bought G.I. Joe number one, two, and three in a three pack. Oh, that's a score. That doesn't happen. And, oh, and I was hooked. And then when the show started, it was, mm. yeah, I was, I was in. Yeah, I love that original series to this day, the mass device. Mm. I mean, it's just such a great storyline, globe trotting, world in peril, Cobra Commander hanging it up. But and also unprecedented. You didn't see a lot of mini series yeah. for, for kids. You know, the kids you know, or for, you know, the animated stuff. It wasn't really done a lot that but I think uh, one of my favorite things about the uh the original G.I. Joe miniseries that because they did uh Mass Device, Revenge of Cobra and uh Pyramid of Darkness. Pyramid of Darkness. And then the uh, uh Rise of Pentor Rise. They're all basically the same story. <laughs> There's all this stuff all over the world and we have to get to it before Cobra gets to it. And the only hope we have is that Cobra is as dumb as Skeletor and his goons. 
and we will manage to get there first and play a little explosive device hockey on the way. Right. Yep. And, and it's, it's a pretty good bet. The Joes will get there first, and then the second one, the Cobra will get it, and they, yeah. so they have to. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was very. It was very much the the pro wrestling storyline, like the you know it shifts back and forth the exact same way. Oh, it was fun and exciting, and you got to play it yourself. Yep. Let me, uh, let's see here. I, I Unfortunately, I don't have any giveaways for this panel. Oh. But what I would like to do is... Uh, <laughs> Is uh, have a little a little more audience participation here. I would like to know, and I'll take the first hand that I see come up. Well, the question <laughs> <hand>. <laughs> I, I knew I knew that uh, we would be talking, sir. Uh, what what is your favorite episode? I'm going to come out to you. I got to get up and move around. This is very difficult for me because I, I've. Uh, this this is too fancy. I need to walk around and stuff. And we've got this riser and steps. I can't deal with this. What was your favorite episode of the uh, the original Real American Hero? My favorite episode is really narrowed down to my favorite scene of any episode. It's really how it comes to mind. It's Destro rising up with the weather dominator out of, out of Cobra headquarters, and, and it appeals to my maniacal egotistical side. <laughs> where he jumps and goes, what is it? I'll tell you right now how he says it. Sure. He says. No force on earth is a match for nature gone mad. And it comes up. That's it. That's it. You know, I'm done. That's it. You know, I'm done. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's that was awesome. And actually, I really loved, as soon as you started saying that, one of my favorite and I, I, favorite scenes, that's too tough for me, but one of my favorites is the fact that when the Weather Dominator gets blown up off of that giant, like, thousand-foot pole, Destro just dives off. Oh. Really? Well, he could, though. He can't shoot a Joe, so he can't hit the ground. <laughs> well said, sir. I will say, one of my favorite pieces of animation ever is a G.I. Joe animation. Really? The opening to the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The opening of that movie is badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the opening theme song, I just wish oh, yeah. that, that had been the theme the entire time. Yeah. Okay, okay, let's get a show of hands on this. Team G.I. Joe. Team Cobra. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even Mutt's Team Cobra. No buff for the Iron Grenade? I think you've answered your question. That, that's actually an interesting point um, because I always loved. I love the idea that Destro was supposed to be this independent operator, and I hated the idea that he was so beholden to Cobra Commander. That always yeah. infuriated me. Um, and and this goes to my my GI Joe Bible is Larry Hama's comic. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, that some fantastic stuff. I I love the cartoon. Don't get me wrong, because clearly I can enjoy some silly stuff.
stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. But, right? Um, but that comic book is fantastic. It's accessible. The characters are all so well-developed, have such clear motivations, and Destro is a bad dude. <laughs> uh, you know, his, his there's there's a fine balance that Hama creates between G.I. Joe and Cobra and Destro and the Dreadnoughts where they're not just two warring organizations. They're all of these organizations. Each has their own motivations. Uh, Zartan has an agenda. Destro has an agenda. They're all... And, and the fact that Hama managed to balance those for over a hundred issues and and make it reasonable that nobody ever really got the upper hand for too long amount of time. I mean, it, it's incredible. He he crafted an amazing world. He managed to off Cobra Commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that storyline yeah. was mind blowing to me. Yep. That he was able to do that, and it wasn't a trick. It wasn't a gag. It wasn't he was you know just off. I mean, he was dead, and this guy. I love that the whole guy trying to fake it in the armor. Fred, Fred Seven, Seven, I thought that was just I couldn't well, believe what I was reading. And not only that, but the follow up to that story is Fred Seven. You know, it's it's kind of the typical peasant put into the king's role and having to be story. like advised by the right. few people that and, know that he's not Cobra. And Man. he starts to not like that, and he starts to decide maybe he needs to be making some decisions because after all. He's Cobra Commander now, for all intents and purposes. I mean, there, there's really fantastic stuff in there, particularly uh, the fact that it is so intelligent, but that as a kid, I got it all. I understood what was going on. Mm-hmm. That's That, to me, that accessibility and intelligence <clears throat> combined, it's the kind of stuff Pixar does. Like, that's why they're so successful, is... They, they can create things that appeal to and can be understood by everybody on different levels. So what you're saying is you want Pixar to do G.I. Joe? Yeah, I, I need you to change my pants. <laughs> I, well, I had I had I had to think about it for a second because there's there is a certain level of now I don't need resolute levels of of grimness and edginess. Uh, that was not resolute was dark. Good. Yeah. Well, Good. I, I'm not a fan of Resolute. I'm not a fan. I can't. Uh, Noel, tell us about Resolute. All right. Uh, Re- Resolute was, um, if anybody is not familiar with it, it was 45 minutes long. Was the Roughly. Roughly, yeah. It was a, originally a short web shorts, and they put it together, and they... And, but it was a very dark, grim characters are dying, and you know, um, to me, it was too dark, and it wasn't fun. And that's the, you know, GI Joe was always even, and it's like more serious moments was always fun to me. And I watched that forty five minutes of Resolute, and just was like, that was I don't want to ever see that again. Well, they they, they, they did hire Warren Ellis to write, and it was written by Warren Ellis. And I'm sorry, the dialogue was awful. Absolutely Cobra Commander awful. should never say crap. No. Yeah. <laughs> he should never say crap. And I, I honestly I don't think I believe that came from Warren Ellis. Well no, because on the I bought the D V D when it came out mm-hmm. and there's a an interview with the two guys that are that ran it. Can you all hear me? Okay. Um because I'm not I wasn't in front of the microphone, sorry. Um and they said that basically they you know, that Warren Ellis wrote a story not knowing who any of the mm-hmm. characters were. And so then they filled the character bits in. Killed off Bazooka in the first few minutes. Yeah, and that that really... 
I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, there are some really cool things about Resolute. Uh, that fight between Storm Shadow and Snake yeah. Eyes mm-hmm. is what we've been waiting to see for 20 years. Somebody didn't like the characterization of of uh, Storm Shadow in that one well, because, that, he, because was he didn't just a character. steaming, devious, evil character, and right. that's yeah. not but, really and, and also, also the the gun, the battle with with Gung Ho and, and and Roadblock going in with Destro and the Baroness inside the building. I really like that. It was a nice standoff action movie thing. Yeah, I like that it gave a, a rational exploration explanation to Cobra Commander, seeming like an idiot. Of uh, no, I was doing this, so I want you. Pe- I want you to step up and prove to me you're worth being in this organization. I thought that was nice. I like that part. But then at the end, he still ends up looking like an idiot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he is. Both. There's no breaking character. Although I will also say this, I loved his design in that. Mm-hmm. I like the way he looked, and that's one of the few things I like about the new movie, the most recent one. I love that Cobra Commander outfit. When he walks off that helicopter. I was just like. Oh. And I'm just really I, depressed I haven't seen that here. Yeah, absolutely. What you got? Uh, since you're talking about Cobra Commander, going back to the 80s, Larry Hammond and the cartoon, Hoodie Cobra Commander or Battle? Ooh, uh, good one. Don't make me choose my babies. Except for one the straw in the thing. Okay. <laughs> that, that little slot open for the straw. Except for that. Battle helmet or Hoodie? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to go ahead and say Battle Armor. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go, go Battle, battle Armor. armor. The simple fact that, yeah. He was actually the first character I ever... I saved my flight points and sent off for. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. I, I love the... I, 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 I only had Hooded as a kid. I didn't have the original Cobra yeah. Commander, so he is... Hooded Cobra Commander was my commander. That's the one. I, but yeah. I, I, love the, I, I love the helmet, though. In the reflecting... In, yeah, being yeah. able to see the reflection. Yeah. I, just, I like the battle armor because I feel like it works for any iteration of the character. Because when I, when I was a kid, Cobra Commander was, was an evil leader of men. Uh, because in the comic book, he was a motivator. He was, uh, he was very... Hitlery. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. That's that's what he was based off of. Um, so it works for that iteration because he's a leader. He's going to be in front of his forces going into battle. Uh, it works for the cartoon version because he's a cowardly idiot, and of course he's going to spend tons and tons of money on armor to keep himself safe in any situation. In my head, uh, cartoon Cobra Commander is sitting around Cobra headquarters in his battle armor because he's so paranoid. And, uh, yeah. and that's actually ties into one of my favorite things about that character is that he is a survivor. He will get. He ma- he always manages to escape. He always manages to get away. He always knows where his bolt hold is. Yeah. All the yeah. way up to the point when they did that one tiny crossover with the uh, Transformers yeah. in the future, and he's old snake, <laughs> and he's wearing Serpentor's gloves. How many people caught yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we know how that went down. <laughs> Somebody killed Serpentor, and he took the gloves. Oh my gosh! Okay. Uh, did any of you guys read the DDP G.I. Joe comics? Yes. How was that Cobra Commander Serpentor confrontation? Do you know what I'm talking about? That's the most important DNA of all. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best G.I. Joe line ever written. Uh, if, if you don't know, uh, Cobra Commander is, is uh, he, he's been pretty much, Serpentor's running the show. Cobra Commander has attempted uh, a coup with his own army, and it doesn't work because he's Cobra Commander. Uh, and there's a, there's this critical scene on a balcony with Serpentor and uh, some of Serpentor's goons, and they take off. It's a big dramatic moment because they're taking off Cobra Commander's helmet, um, and he takes it off. 
And he hands it to Serpentor, and it uh, does it blow up or does it electrocute him? It blows up. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's pretty awesome because that's the Cobra Commander I like. (laughs) I I just gotta say, I was reading that alone, and when I got to that point, I stood up and cheered as if I was. Do you guys hear that? Or is that yeah, just yeah, there's weird outside. air conditioning okay. issues or something. I'm gonna here. We'll we'll do some audience stuff for a second. What you got, sir? What do you think of the new Cobra Commander from IDW? Okay, I've got to tell you guys something here. I gave the IDW comics as much of a chance as I could. Uh, they lost me for the same reason Resolute lost me. Uh, it's too much. I think they're well written. I wish they weren't GI Joe. It's the same way I feel about uh, what's it, the last cartoon? Uh, Renegade. Uh, Renegades. 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 Same way I feel about Renegades. Renegades would have been an awesome cartoon if they weren't shoehorning GI Joe characters and ideas into it. Uh, I didn't think it worked. Uh, I stuck around because uh, when when they did the, the third reboot of IDW comic, I, I just was like, all right, that's I can't deal with it. It's too grim. It's too gritty. It's well done. Mike Costa is very talented. He's an awesome guy. Um, and now, let's see, Chuck Dixon stuff was very good. Who's right? Somebody's. Well, Larry Larry Hammond's doing something. Well, no, no, no. Now that I'm still picking up. Okay. The Real American Hero continuation is fantastic. Like it hasn't skipped a beat. That stuff is great, but I, IDW stuff is just a little too grim for me. And so I'm not saying it's bad, and definitely, if you want to check it out, check it out. But it, I can't do it. Hang on, let me get to this guy in the back here, because he has been patiently doing, oh, boy, is there a <laughs> Can I get by a guy in the back? Hello. Just wondering, um, you guys were talking about the comic, and uh, my favorite issues personally are number two with Quinn and 26 and 27, Origin of Snake Eyes, and that silent issue, uh, the yearbook uh, silent issue, and some of the um, interactions with Billy and Storm Shadow, like in the early. So I'm just wondering, like, what are your favorites? Because um, maybe I missed something, and what are your least favorite kind of story arcs? There's one, there's one, well, those first three, the, the, it's, I think it's issue two or three, mm-hmm. where the. Cobra introduces the little robots that assemble yeah. into one, you know, and the inside GI Joe headquarters and runs them up. Or when they, you know, the first three, I love those; those were good. But there's an issue later on that I picked up for the cover alone, and it's uh, Roadblock and Cobra Commander are trapped inside a, the destroyed GI Joe headquarters, the old one. Mm-hmm. They're underground the and they're having, yeah, the pit. Thank you, I couldn't remember the name. And are trying to have to work together, and they don't trust each other. But it's got an incredibly beautiful cover mm-hmm. with uh, by Mike Zek with with Roadblock with his like having Cobra Commander in like a headlock, mm-hmm. and it is, it's gorgeous. And so that's one for me. The interesting follow up to that is that leads to the uh, Destro and Cobra Commander being on the run, mm-hmm. and we see Cobra Commander uh, with his helmet off, and uh, he looks like Xandar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, not Zandar. I'm sorry, uh, Zanzibar. Zanzibar. There's, there's also another one. I, the, the, the story wasn't as good, but I love the cover. There's a cover with uh, Clutch falling toward toward mm. Springdale below him. Yeah. Springdale, yeah. yeah. It's welcome, yeah. like welcome yeah. to Springfield, and he's like falling yeah. without a parachute. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. That's yeah. I loved anything that had to do with Springfield. I loved all of the Springfield yeah, stuff. Like yeah. that was that was brilliant. Yeah, and that was to me like that. You know, seeing Cobra as this kind of like secret organization who has all these layers that you don't know about. And that's actually one of my favorite episodes of the cartoon too. Is the as the two parter with Shipwreck where he yes yes where he's in Springfield because yeah. they tied the Springfield thing. <laughs> yeah, frogs and winter. Frogs and winter. Every time I say I'm expecting someone to like reveal that missing you know chemical <laughs> element. Um, but yeah, like anything involving Springfield, all that uh, yeah. in the in the uh, comic was probably my favorite. I love the silent issue, which is 21, I think. 21. 21, 21 yeah. Um, I probably have read that issue cover to cover. I haven't really read it because there's no words. But yes, I have you know gone through and just visualized every scene in that. And I can probably... You know, still to this day, remember almost every action that happens in that and issue. And the double beauty of the the silent issue is Larry Hama also drew it. Mm-hmm. He didn't draw a lot, but but he actually did everything in that one. So yeah, yeah, and that that's you you hit him. Uh, that silent issue still to me is one of the best comic books ever put out in print. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a gorgeous book. It's a fantastic fight. It's got it manages to convey both characters' character with through their actions. And it's got some funny moments, like when he's slightly when mm-hmm. in the subway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's hands down, just one of the best things I've ever read. I don't have uh, necessarily a, a specifically favorite issue, because it's all, it all blends together. It's all one big issue with the way that he did it. Uh, one of my favorite things about the comic, though, is the relationship that's shown between Snake Eyes, Stalker, and Storm Shadow. Yeah. Uh, with their, their tour of duty in Vietnam. Yeah. And, and the history behind those characters. Uh, that's just that's good stuff, man. I mean, that's depth that didn't even need to be there. It's just Hammond did it because that's that's you know he was writing a little biographical right, right, you know. autobiographical stuff, autobiographical stuff. I'm gonna stop and hand it over to this guy because I can't talk anymore. <laughs> we were talking about the action figures earlier. Um, is there that one toy that you remember? I myself owned a USS flag that is now, oh. now at the bottom of a creek outside oh. of Island, Georgia. And it's been there since I've been 11 years old. We got two shy strikers and a rapper. Uh, Alright, we gotta get up. We, we need a net rescue mission now. Like, the tide's low enough you can still see the outside. It looks like the Titanic's stuck by half out. But what is that one toy that you had that, that sucked you in? Not the act figures because the action figures at the art but you know that I mean a rapper Jesus Christ an Tim Warhawk that could work like an area you wanted it yes. the tanks I mean those things were so out there but yet had enough basis in reality that you could say oh well that's I know what that plane kind of is but you know the take on it what was that one toy at you know accessory that made it work I'm gonna hit this one first killer whale yeah. yeah. Um, to, to this day, uh, I, I I had it when I was a kid, and it, it was in the water, on the land. It worked. Everything on it worked. It could hold a ton of figures. It all made sense together. The scale of it was great. Like that was they nailed it with that one. I I would buy a whale if I could find a pristine one today uh, for not some insane amount of money I would totally buy one and I don't do a lot of vintage toy stuff most of my stuff's modern toys but I'd love to have a whale intact anybody got a whale they want to sail (laughs) there's a hand up in the back man willing to sell you one (laughs) I will talk to you afterwards for me um, I wanted the flag my parents were not going to buy me the flag. I had the flag too. Um, I did get a hiss tank, which was pretty cool. But for me, 
the Teardrome. Oh, yeah. Oh, Teardrome. Yeah. The love. Yeah. I had, um, well, I didn't have a lot of the really, really big ones. It was, just, it was like a limit to my budget. Um, I kind of had a flag for a little while, and when I moved to Georgia, um, we were staying with friends who were over in the UK for the entire summer. So I was, we were staying at their house, and I got the flag. So I had three months of the flag and the Terradrome, and I, the, I, every morning I would set my alarm for, you know, five in the morning so I could go down there and start playing <laughs> toys. Personally, my favorite thing that I probably ever had, um, I love the His Tank. I, I had like three or four of them. I, every time I had a little extra money, I was like, I'm going to buy another His Tank so I can have an armada of them. Uh, I love the, uh, the, the tactical battle, uh, battle platform. And I would take that out just anywhere out in the, you know, out in the woods and, you know, out in the creek and just set that up because it was a, a great little action playset and you could do so much with it. Yeah, uh, I didn't grow up being able to get a lot of the big toys because they were expensive. At least for my family, I got I had I had a box of the figures, um, but I managed to in high school win a trivia contest that one of the local TV shows did when um, it was the third miniseries came out, and I didn't know I'd won because they announced my day, my name on the day I missed watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I didn't, I didn't, wouldn't have spent the next two months going crazy because it was two months later. I come home and there's this box. I'm like, ah! and I had that snow vehicle. Oh, the, the snow vehicle. Yeah. Oh. And I love that. I mean, it, 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 it ran over desert dunes. It ran over. I didn't care. The trench still worked. I didn't care. It was a ball. I liked that one so much. Uh, they actually, I don't, I don't collect Transformers. Every once in a while, I'll pick up a particular. Yeah, that's this guy. We'll be hearing from him next year. Uh, ask for a Transformers panel. Yeah, um, ask for a Transformers panel if you want it. But uh, they, a few years ago, they did a Transformer that was the Snowcat. Yep. And it was even named Snowcat. Yeah, it's it's a interesting. neat little toy, and I had to get it. I was like, okay, GI Joe Transformers crossover, which you know now they've made a couple and they're too expensive to buy, but you know whatever. Hey, there's a Sky Striker and uh, two fifty for two hundred fifty dollars. You can get down the dealer. A mirror two hundred fifty. Last one. Yeah. They've yeah. got three or four last ones back behind the counter. But. <laughs> and the one that I always wanted that I didn't get that we haven't mentioned it was the Dreadnoughts battle. Vehicle. Thunder machine. Oh, uh, thunder machine. I'm still that waiting for someone right to put that. one together and put it in the parade. Yeah, yeah, why is that not in the parade? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, yeah, you'd have to know what you were doing. You got the, but... you got the front end of the Firebird. That was that was the front end, and then the uh, yeah. That's doable. It wouldn't that. happen. I, I love all the dreadnought stuff. Oh yeah, the dreadnoughts were my boys. Um, they, they hit that road warrior sensibility, that most of my thing, and no. Tor Tripper and Buzzer. I mean, a guy had a chainsaw gun. Well, that I was not love that. And that was good. the characterization. That was like I fell in love with those characters from their file cards. And reading, yeah. you know, that yeah. Buzzer was like an English professor at Oxford <laughs> who, yeah, wound up joining a biker gang in in Tasmania because he was obsessed with that as part of his you know his his academic career, and that. That was just amazing to me that they would put that much into those characters. Yeah. They tore apart so many of my mother's pie plates. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> of course, they were played like bumbling fools. On oh yeah, yeah. Well, they love their grape soda. Everybody kind of was. Uh, 
obviously, let's let's discount. Let's not mention the uh, the flag, uh, the obvious ones. But what what's the one like holy grail toy that you really would have liked to have, but just didn't happen? Like the one that over all others you would have. Uh, you're dying back there. All right, I'm coming. You guys go ahead and uh, do yours. I'm going to go back to this gentleman. Well, I just said mine. I wanted the I wanted the mobile command center, which they re-released at Toys R Us a few years ago, and it was all I could do to not go out and buy it because I never had it as a kid, and I always wanted it. I I, I really want. Oh yeah, I I really wanted the one you said you had the, the first GI Joe with, with the long one with the big cannon. Oh yeah, I had. The, yeah. I wanted that and, and never never yeah. got that. So. I love that. Lincoln. And the fact that it came off and you could yeah. set it to the side in the tank and then still go around, that was badass. <laughs> All right, what do you got? Defiant. Me, Me too. Yeah. I didn't have that when I had a flag, but no Defiant. Actually, it was the Defiant. The other thing I was thinking of that I always wanted never could get, well, the, the big deal was uh, about the time all this stuff was out, uh, my dad was in the Air Force. And we were stationed overseas in Germany. And things like the flag and the terror drone I wanted so bad I could taste it. But unfortunately, <laughs> it was so big that Sears and Roebuck wouldn't ship the damn thing overseas. So I was <laughs> kind of asked out as a child. But definitely the terror drone was the one thing I wanted and didn't get until I was a grown man. Yeah. Mean, so. I like the fact you have it now, sir. So, so Sears, Sears, Sears basically is a subsidiary of Cobra Inc. is what we're <laughs> Sears comes up because we uh, we actually talked about this on the toy panel the other day. Yeah. But uh, you know, Sears had their exclusives. They they had those repainted Joe and Cobra vehicles. Yeah. That was a, a very smart way for them to save money and put out a new product because it made sense. You know, these guys go to battle and. If, if you're a smart army, you're going to take captured elements. You're going to take stuff that gets left behind. So Cobra is going to go after Joe vehicles and repurpose them for, as Cobra vehicles. Um, now, now the, the Stinger Jeep was, I think, the first instance of that. Yeah. Uh, and then that wasn't exclusive or anything, but I think that's probably what sort of laid down, hey, this is a good plan. So, you know, over the years we got from Sears, we got blue his tanks and red his tanks and combinations of... Uh, blue Mobat? Yeah. Got a blue Mobat with uh, the missile, mobile missile uh, yeah. Yeah, system. system. Uh, all, all kinds of cool stuff came from that. And unlike exclusives now, you could just go to the store and buy them. You didn't have to wait in lines or do pre-orders or do silly things like subscribe to toy clubs. You just go to Sears or drool into your wish book. I have a question. I, I, I kind of got. I, I didn't really collect the toys I played with when I was a kid. And I, I didn't really get into collecting toys. But did they ever? And I don't know why I never thought of this before. But as we're talking, did they ever make some kind of Cobra uh, troopers with parachutes that actually opened? Could you imagine if you had a Glock like, gun, you could they them into the air? They have now. I don't know that. I don't think it. They had the hang gliders. They had the hang gliders, which which were good for about one flight. So go. Yes, they did. Okay. Yes. Speaking Which, that thing was it, on a real person. That backpack would have been like that big. <laughs> it was insane. I could never get it to work. Can anybody get that thing to work? You got it to work. You had a very large what? Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
I was going to say, because I've got that too, and I still couldn't get it to work. Um, apparently so. Speaking of valence, did anybody else save up the flag points, write up your little bio, and send them in to get your own you as a Joe? Steel Brigade. What about Prince Perry? Hmm? Get the fridge. Get the fridge. Yeah. Oh yeah. We had, well, there's refrigerator Perry. There was Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, there was um, who was the silly Chrome got super? Tr- no, surely he wasn't super trooper. That can't be right. I'm gonna call him silly Chrome guy. I used I used mine to get all of the characters that they had uh, essentially gotten rid of. They were just trying to clearance out his tanks. So that's how I got my you know one of my his tanks. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The the mail ins were so exciting and, and, and that. Uh, they, uh, it was a, it was a different thing, and they always ended up at retail though, which was crazy. Duke, first time yeah. Duke happened. Duke was a mail away. I got my Duke for mail away too, and uh, then he showed up at retail. Duke was one that right. I, I didn't Duke, get mail away Duke first showed up in the cartoon, then the book, right? That's correct. Because yeah. Hawk mm-hmm. was in charge. Because Hawk, Hawk was, Hawk was yep. not distinctive enough for the cartoon. Right. Actually, and that's an interesting missile system to get the the leader of yeah. the Joe. who looked just like a grunt. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, on the Masters of the Universe uh, panel we had uh, just a little while ago, William Stout was in here who, who did the production design on the movie, and he was talking about how he couldn't really work with the figure designs because they weren't distinctive enough for audiences that weren't familiar with the figures. So he had to go in and change up. That's why they didn't use a lot of the actual characters, and that's why they looked so strange and different in the movie. And I think uh, that's the same thing that happened with Duke, is at that point all of the Joes were just green dudes, mm-hmm. uh, except for Snake Eyes, who didn't talk. So obviously he's not going to be the main character. Well, yeah, and Scarlet, obviously. Who doesn't love Scarlet? Come on. Scarlet <laughs> um, So they made... Yeah. No. <laughs> oh boy. Poor cover girl um, never gets any love. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jinx. I, I had all the ninja guys. I always made sure to get all the ninja guys. Jinx, quick kick. What about the. Did you get the Street Fighter ones? Uh, at that point, I finally dropped out the G.I. Joe at that point. Did anybody in here do the Street Fighter G.I. Joes? Did you buy them because they were Street Fighter, or did you buy... Of course you did. I want you on every panel because I love your dissenting voice. Um, did you buy them because they were G.I. Joe or because they were Street Fighter? Uh, I got them uh, when I first like examined them. I noticed they were using uh, like G.I. Joe cast, so that was kind of more of a draw why I got them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Well, and it was nice that, that I always love it when different... Different lines are are in the same scale and the same style. Uh, we, we had a big old talk about Migo the other day, um, but yeah, GI Joe became over time. It got a little sillier, a, a little more conceptual. And, and granted, we're talking about a, a cartoon. Oh yeah, Echo Force, and then uh, the, the, the the drug enforcement. Uh, uh, yeah. Head- Headman. Headman. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then and then the big crazy alien figures that, that Star never Brigade. Yeah, didn't get released. Star Brigade. Which I can't even really speak to, to Star Brigade all that much because by that time dad was done. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you I'll tell you where I fell out of it uh, was Battle Force two thousand. You guys remember yep. those? Yeah. Um, they they did that now I that I had those but that was the end, because only because my dear sweet uh, grandfather bought those for me. Uh, if you don't remember Battle Force 2000, it was 
four or five vehicles that connected together to make one big right they made one big piece of crap that (laughs) couldn't possibly achieve any military goal other than maybe sitting on top of where the pit was supposed to be and like distracting people from the pit like well that that big hunk of crap can't possibly be anything useful so we should go look for the pit somewhere else uh, and that was kind of it and, and it was at the same time the Battle Force 2000 uh, figures also started to look a little bit silly it's where they started to bring in some of the brighter colors and, I'm, and, and I mean when you're talking brighter colors versus Bazooka's you know football jersey I think, and I think what, what killed it for me was when you just you, they started releasing so many characters and vehicles just in those brighter colors. Like, they would have barbecue suddenly in a blue and oh, black yeah, yeah. outfit. Or barbecue, the only Joe with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking about repurposing stuff, um, what do you guys think of uh, Python Patrol and uh, Tiger... Yeah? Yeah? You're down... It- yeah, Tiger Force didn't work for me. Python Patrol was awesome. It looked so cool, and it was stealth technology. So, like, that's awesome. Tiger Force, what are you, hiding your planes in a bunch of tigers? <laughs> How does that even make sense? I, I don't... And and also, if you're going to do something as silly as Tiger Force, how is it not going to end up on that show? Because I'm, I'm not going to lie. I could see an episode where they're like, all right, somehow we have to get in Asia because Cobra Commander has developed a plan to rule the world using tigers. He has 800,000 tigers in a corral. If we can somehow hide one of our jets in the midst of those tigers, we can stop Cobra Commander's nefarious plot. Like, I would... In that in that context, I could accept Tiger Force. Other than that, I, they're just kind of ugly. Tiger Force to define Tigers of World War II. I mean, what, I mean, the paint jobs were insane. I'll accept that. I mean, they were... Oh, like, sure. uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, no, they were to blend in with Tigers. Gentlemen, <laughs> 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 great shirt back there. Huh? No, yeah. no uh, you were talking about Battle Force 2000 mm-hmm. and the direct application of it. you got to go back to the 1800s and to the French Square and that tactical concept. That's exactly what they were. There were weapons on all four sides. But if if you touched them, they fell apart, <laughs> and you didn't have you didn't have four sides anymore. You you can't. No, I. <laughs> USA, 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 USA. Oh, oh that's good. That was brilliant. <laughs> wow. Uh. And and now we definitely before we before we close up here, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the 25th anniversary toys. Uh, did, did anybody get sucked into those like I did? Yes. I have a yeah, three pack. Some of the vendors I think were selling them. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're over there. I, yeah, okay. Now that's where they started was reissuing with those three packs. Well, okay, where they really started, they did the reissue that was uh, basically the Iwo Jima setup uh, that came with uh, a few Joe figures and it, it went nice window box, but they were the old tools. And then they started doing three packs of those old tools, but they were doing fantastic sets. 
that was they the, did. That they, was the we're going to get you with nostalgia first with yeah. the old ones. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, because there was at the time there was no new media. Uh, this they're just putting this line out there again because they want to keep GI Joe fresh. But there was no cartoon. Uh, there was a comic book which they did interact with the comic book uh, a bit. They did several of the comic uh, the characters that were created for the uh, the DDP and Image comics. But uh, it, it was essentially, you know, comic books, uh, I think we're all aware that they're not mass market consciousness. That's not really the best tie-in in the world for a toy line you're going to be selling in Walmart. Uh, which, granted, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did these fantastic three-packs of the October Guard. Uh, we got our we uh, got our green pants snake eyes uh, out of that yep. one. Uh, they, they really did some awesome sets. And when they found out, and these were all just old tools that, that had updated paint jobs and uh, were packed in with the, the Hamill comics. Uh, and they found out there was a market, and they said, okay, well, we're going to retool the G.I. Joe line. We're, we're going to bring up their little bit larger uh, than the older figures are, but they have tons of articulation. Uh, still... To, to this day, my favorite uh, three and three quarter inch articulation of, of any line. They did a great job. I don't care for the fact that you have to have stands for them to stand up. Mm-hmm. Who in here likes action figure stands? I do. I really? Yes. You don't? No, not you, the dissenting guy. <laughs> he finally agrees with you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm not a big fan of stands, but you pretty much have to have stands for, for these Joe figures. But they, they did some fantastic stuff. Uh, they ended up releasing pretty much every single one of the original characters. Uh, they got new characters into the line. Uh, they did some interesting variations that we'd never seen before. And... Supposedly, I think this is the third time they've announced him now, and he hasn't showed up yet. But supposedly, we're finally getting Quinn. Oh, we got him! He's coming out. I already have him at the house. When did this happen? It's been retaliation wave three point five. It's been hitting stores. You could have pre-ordered it a while. Because when the Eskimo got there, everybody jumped for joy, right? Nice. I don't. Um, yeah, I, I try to avoid ordering stuff online as much as I can because I really hate getting gouged. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that line. Uh, is Big Bad got it up? Yeah, he's awesome. No, Big Bad Toy Story. They got it. Yeah, they got him up. Actually, has still has clean in stock. Okay. But they had also had. What about Boba Fett with Han and Carbonite? They got that in stock, <laughs> right? For eight seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they had actually they had done a Quinn in the uh, Real American Hero style too, the old O O ring back when they were doing the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came in one they, of the yeah, three yeah, packs. Three but now they've got them actually. Uh, comic actor. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't mix those together. I can't, oh, I can't mix anything, any different styles at all together. That I can't do that at all. Um, Noel, what in the, over the years, what's kept you interested in GI Joe? Because it's GI, uh, you know, there's there's things that you get into and and you kind of come in and out of, but I, I think all of us have consistently followed pretty much whatever's been happening with GI Joe. Uh, since the beginning, what what's yep. kept you going in it? What is it about GI Joe that makes it one of those gold franchises? Well, again, it's it's the way that those characters were that they you know every one of them had something to them, and I was always interested in that. And whenever uh, there was always there was always some sort of some form immediately. So at least comics or something was coming out after well, it was a few years in the '90s where there wasn't anything. Um, but yeah. I, 
really that's it. That's it's it's just knowing and like watching the cartoons and, and reading the comics and and just having all of those interesting storylines and and all the characters that were just everybody had something to them and and that's what kept me interested. I mean, there's some of the toy lines that I was interested in at the time, and then just they they just didn't put that much detail into it, and that's why I uh, I've just stuck with it for so long. Okay. Well, Bobby. Since uh, you said hi. Oh, well, yeah. Let's just <laughs> um, for, for me, it was the characters. I, once I got to knowing and liking these characters through the comics, through the through the through the cartoon, you know, there were there were characters that just you know, when, whenever something new would come out, it's like it's like revisiting an old friend, you know. So and and yeah, there were those certain characters that stuck with you, and a lot of times characters became favorites not because of how they looked, but because of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like I I love shipwreck. Not because of what his action figure looks like, but because the guy doing the voice was doing Jack Nicholson. <laughs> you know, and and just the way that he, you know, those kind of things made those characters, you know, real for me. And that, you know, I just yeah, followed them along for that. Yeah, same here. It, it all came down to those characters: Gung Ho, Shipwreck, uh, Bazooka. I love these guys, and I was just following their adventures. And that's why I keep my toe in. I mean, I don't read any comments right now, but anytime something new comes out, I give it a look. Is that spark there again? Am I going to get what I've been hoping for? And if I do, then I'll keep playing. But if not, you know, I, I back out again and wait for the next iteration to come around. Even some of like the sillier characters that came along later, like the crystal balls and the raptors and the big boas. Mm-hmm. If you read their actual bios, they were interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they did with them in the comics was usually pretty interesting too. Yeah. yeah. So. Although I have to ask, did anyone else besides me figure out the trick of unscrewing the screw and making your own joke? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's why I don't have them anymore. <laughs> you know, especially once we got Dr. Mindbender, because then it was cool, Dr. Mindbender's creating some magical, you know. <laughs> you know, yeah. I made all new Cobra Factions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did that so much that, because, I mean, I, I still, up until a few years ago, I, I unfortunately lost all of most of my Joe stuff because it was stored in my parents' attic. And heat, for some reason, has a bad effect on large pieces of plastic. <laughs> like, say, say if you had a big aircraft carrier with huge plastic pieces, it yeah. might warp a little bit. Um, a moment of silence, please. <laughs> but uh, I, I did I did recover a giant box of Joes, and there was not a single Joe that was intact. <laughs> once, once I found a tiny little screwdriver, I decided everybody had... Had to have different pants. <laughs> what you got, man? Did you ever use the melted ones to recreate those really creepy synthoid dudes? <laughs> oh wow! You just brought back. Okay. Those were so creepy. This is this is what we're gonna close on. I think you just you just rekindled a memory that I have not thought about since it happened. I was a, a little bit of a psychopath uh, as a child. Really? And I had this, right? I had this gooseneck lamp uh, in my room, one of those that you can, you know, position any way you like. And I got into the habit of turning the lamp 
upwards and torturing Joes by sitting <laughs> on the light bulb. <laughs> Clearly, this is not a good idea. Um, so, uh, lots of plastic no. fumes were inhaled. Definitely. Um, Explains a lot. Yeah. I used to like putting my own death traps and stuff. And uh, my, my dad had all these assorted tools, as you know, dads do. And I found that if you put them inside an empty caulk gun and cock it, they'll, they'll, you know, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I think that's more diabolical than melting yeah. them. And if you, but if you squeeze the trigger one too many times, the rubber band snaps and they go. <laughs> yes, so I destroyed my fair share. Uh, I will be selling GI Joe launchers next year at Con. <laughs> all right, uh, that's all we've got for you today. Uh, this is Gary Mitchell. Bobby Nash. This is Noel Wood. I'm Phantom Troublemaker. Uh, please go into the app, rate this panel, make some notes. Tell us what you want to see next year because we all want to come back. And yeah, I know we barely scratched the surface of GI Joe. Honestly, if you want a more Joe panels, if you want a Transformers panel, if you want a Cobra only panel. <laughs> But uh, please, please do go in that app. And also, I, I do have a few business cards left up here. If you want to check out the Needless Things site, Bobby's got cards as well. Please stop by. Check out our nerd stuff. You're at Dragon Con, so we know you're going to like it. Wait, wait, before you go, before you go, um, I've been collecting today for the celebrity guests on the American Sci-Fi Classics track crowds singing theme songs. So I can't think of a better time now. Oh, wow. I want you guys to sing the G.I. Joe theme song. Oh, boy. You guys want to stand or everybody want to sit? Stand. 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 Position of attention. Oh, this is going to be blasphemy, though. We need a shot of this. Is this going on? Is this going on Facebook? Probably. Oh, he's embarrassed now. Three, three. Fights for free. GI Joe is there. I hope you guys liked that. I loved it. I'm literally out of time. I will be back next month with an interview with Mission starring Mil Mascaris. That's right. I'm talking to the people making the new Mil Mascaris movie. So stay tuned for that. Uh, 
Thank you so much to Gary Mitchell, Joe Crow, everybody I did panels with. Uh, thank you to DragonCon. Thank you to the American Sci-Fi Classics track. Mostly, though, thank you to the Phantomaniacs, all of you guys that are listening to this podcast. I love you guys. I'll be back soon. 31 Days of Halloween on NeedlessThingsSite.com. Later. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.